Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point Bible Church. And today with me yet again is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? I am doing great. It's a rather chilly morning. I think we're, we're through the nice warm November weather and now into regular November weather. But we're not here to talk about the weather, are we? We are here to talk about... Uh, the sermon from Sunday, uh, right. continuing in our series on how we live, talking about our values. And this week you preached about creativity over comfort. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way that we talk about it here as a church, uh, we kind of you know, sort of wrote this down to say, okay, what is what does creativity over comfort actually look like for mm -hmm. us? And what we've said is that we want to be people who care so deeply for those who are far from God that we stop at nothing to winsomely share the good news. We aspire as a church community to welcome change and to think of those outside of the church before considering our own comforts. Hmm. And so when you frame creativity in that way, um, we, we were sort of taking a wide angle view of this, of this uh, characteristic yep. and uh, not excluding the artists, because I think, and we'll talk about this, that we need our artists in our church but thinking bigger about the fact that we've all been uniquely gifted and creativity is really about giving our best. Mm -hmm. It's about our best effort. And I mean, it's the difference between uh, writing a letter to somebody and sending them a Hallmark card, yeah. right? You know, the we send the card because it's there and it's available to us uh, when we care and, you know, we'll, we'll add something to the card mm -hmm. uh, when we care deeply, if we're in love and trying to impress somebody, maybe we might write something entirely separate. Um, but that's what I mean. So creativity is kind of our best effort mm -hmm. at using our unique gifts. And yeah. I think that we all need to do this and we've all got it in us. Yeah, I, that's so good. And I, this is something that I'm hugely passionate about. And I mean, people, we, we talked about this. Um, people would kind of assume that this would be the message that I would preach and the thing that I'm excited about. And sure, it, it is. But I, th I don't know if people realize, you know, I'm, yes, I'm an artist, but I'm the son of an engineer. Yeah. I'm not entirely left brain, right? I'm yeah. not entirely artsy, <laughs> classic, head in the clouds. Um, and I have yeah. this deep conviction that everyone is creative. And people who say they're not creative um, have a wrong definition of creativity. Yeah, I think so. And and just to, just to touch on what you said, too, about, you know, preaching. And when we plan these things out, we sort of think about, um, you know, people's giftedness and abilities and, and uh, absolutely, you would be the right person to preach on creativity. But what we thought is is that, or at least you know, as I was thinking this through, that that if if we give creativity the, the message to the artists in that one sense, then people kind of begin to sort of see it in that one sense. Yep. And this is a bigger thing, and that's absolutely. what that's what we're trying to get at. And so I think it was important that um, you know that that I preach that message on creativity because yeah. it's a different. You know, it's that's kind of where we're all from, right? I love that. And I get to preach humility next week, which is going to be fun. Awesome. I can't um, wait. It'll, oh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. So I mean, walk me through again this this definition of creativity that is um, that is more than just arts and why it is. You mentioned like kids and, and why kids are not kind of classifying themselves you know when we ask a kindergartner to finger paint there's no one who's like well i'm not really creative i'm sorry i'm gonna sit this one out yeah so what is it when we get older what is it that makes us creative and how do we kind of re-engage and reignite that spark well i think it, it, yeah that's a good question and and you know maybe i'll turn that around to you but i, I can at least say what keeps us from being creative mm. and i think that, that that's what we talked about is that comfort and i and i think that 
And I, 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 this is one of the things that I really sort of came away as I was reading and studying for this that uh, captured my attention is this idea that as we grow up, I mean, our, our brains are, want to be hardwired to do things simply. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's actually physiology. Like there's a, there's a part of our brain that, you know, for instance, you know, when you drive to work and you show up and you're like, How what happened? How did I get here? <laughs> yeah. It's because we've created these pathways like that are hardwired in our brain yeah. to, to do things as simply as possible so that our brain can be freed up to do other things. I mean, that's kind of the point. And so we try to systematize our lives into these. And, and I know that some people are really regimented and other people are not. But all of us at some way, some level, um, you know, put these things into our brain and we do them the same way over and over and over again mm-hmm. until we decide that there's no other way to do it. Yep. And, and a, a simple example of this that, you know, might surprise you is driving to work. I mean, how many people drive to work in a different way? I mean, if there's traffic, we have our, you know, plan B, but we really have one way of doing it. Absolutely. If you were able to give a kid the ability to drive a car and you said drive to work, I think you'd see some creativity. Mm, (laughs) They would go in some different ways and we would never do that because we're like, no, but there's the right way to drive to work. There's the right way to do this. There's the right way. And the more we get to that place where we decide that there's a right way to do this or a right way to do that, what happens is that that comes at the expense of creativity. And, and I think that if we recognize the places where creativity goes to die, you know, Mm. in the sense of like when we start getting creative, I think that the opposite of that may also be true. So, I mean, you know, like, how would you describe that? Like, what would you see as ways that we can engage or that spark of creativity in our lives? Yeah. I I think a lot of it has to do with, um, redefining the role of failure. I think the older we get, the more scared we get of failing and of looking bad. We, we kind of grow into our expertise and our positions and we want people to think we're competent and we're good. Uh, and if you do much reading around creativity and, and artistry, um, and leadership in general, even, you know, what is it people say? You're going to learn more through failure than success. Um, you're actually going to to grow more by by doing things and being like, oh, it didn't work out. Like that's that's actually like part of it. Um, mm. and, and not that not that creativity automatically means failure because uh, it, it often doesn't. But it kind of if you're more OK with failure, if, if you're less afraid of it, you're more OK with risk, which leads you into these places where you try stuff. Um, I mean, I think, again, I'm the son of an engineer and, and engineers have this reputation of, uh, of being pretty, pretty straight laced, pretty black and white, pretty in the box. But I mean, why is it, why is it we need engineers? They think incredibly well about incredibly complicated things. Um, they can put stuff together in a way that, that you and I can't. Uh, and I think that's actually part of using their creativity, part of what they've been yeah. given to to do things. So creativity doesn't necessarily look like painting a mural on the wall, right? We've talked about this. It doesn't necessarily look like writing songs. It looks like using your best and kind of coming up with with different options, thinking outside the box, if you will. Um, yeah, and God God kind of in, encourages us to do that. And I think we we are at our best when we can come together and and do this. Yeah, I love that. I love that description about around failure. And, and it reminds me of a story that I read about um, Julie Taymor. Hmm. Julie Taymor is the woman who is behind the musical um, version of the Lion King. Yep, and uh, she's the uh, she's the one who um, who kind of had this idea of like putting the puppets and doing all that kind of stuff, yeah. which was this crazy idea. So she pitched this to the Disney executives and she decided she's like, okay, here's the, here's the, what it's going to look like. And you're mm. going to see the people and they're going to be, you know, doing all this stuff. And, 
And people were like, uh, that's insane. Like, yeah. we're not doing that. How about no? And then um, uh, I guess it's the Eisner guy, the the person who was in charge, kind of like pulled her aside after a meeting um, and said, we're going to do that. And he he believed in this kind of like, you know, interesting idea and what, you know, what mm-hmm. she was going to try to do. And so she um, and so he said, no, I believe in I believe in you. We're going to do this and we're going to, you know, see what happens. Well, they go on to produce The Lion King, which is this wildly successful, maybe one of the most successful musicals, um, um, you know, in the U.S. And and she was just it was so impressive and so incredible. Right after that, she created some a musical for Spider-Man and it flopped like Mm -hmm. it was the, you know, just a terrible um, sort of, uh, you know, kind of musical. And the interesting thing is that we, we look at those scenarios and we, and depending on your personality, you'll focus on one or the other, Mm -hmm. right. And say that, you know, she was a failure because she tried some things and she got lucky or you'd see her on the other side. If you look at the, at the musical from the Lion King, you're like, oh no, she was great because she always tried things and she risked and she, you know, whatever. And I, I find it interesting that our personalities are naturally drawn to um, to our failures and how we see them and whether they kind of bring us down or whether they just are minor setbacks. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I think it all depends on how you define, um, define your life. Like, I think it's really interesting in the Bible and, and even in the stories we hear from, from people who are older than us, um, our lives often rise and fall on a couple of moments. Um, there's a kind of a couple of defining things that, that where we're invited into this crossroads or this opportunity and where if we take a step, really cool things happen. And, and you know, we understand that God's often behind that and doing mm-hmm. things. Um, what we don't see is how, how, it, how much work it takes to get there and, and what's gone on behind the scenes. And maybe you've been at that crossroads 10 times mm-hmm. and taken the wrong road. But, but there's always this moment where, where we're kind of invited into. I think all of us have those stories um, or should have those stories and kind of be, I mean, Brad talks about this a lot, kind of be looking, you know, what are the opportunities in front of me? How do I do something something wild. I don't know if you've, if you ever get the chance, go to a restaurant with Brad Klink um, because he will, especially if it's something wild, he will order something off the menu that's crazy just because. Now, I think that's creativity. Now, is it super helpful? Is it gospel centered? Maybe not, but it, you know, there's, there's something there that, that helps invite us into these risks. And I would bet 90% of the time with Brad, uh, it's not a very good dish. Uh, he doesn't yeah. enjoy it or eat all of it, but there's something, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if this is going to be good. Um, and I, I think that's how we can live our lives too, right? If we if yeah. God has promised to be faithful, then, then what are we so worried about in failure? Well, talk to us about that because at the end of the message, we sang greatest thy faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So why did you choose that song and what were you thinking? Yeah. So in some ways, I, when I first, it, when it first came to mind, I thought, no, that's not that's not creative. Like it's an old, well-known hymn. That's kind of the opposite of new and innovative, which is how we think about creative, how I default to think about creative. And then I thought, no, what, what is the, what's the foundation for our creativity? What, what allows us to be creative and to take risks? Um, it's, it's God's faithfulness, right? In, in so many ways, uh, God's, God's grace and bigness and the way that he pulls things together allows us to kind of laugh our failures off. If, if that's what it comes to and allows us to step into these things that just seem crazy. Uh, if you go back and you read I mean, almost any part of the Bible, uh, but especially some of the stuff going on in the New Testament, um, you know, you see the, the disciples and the apostles doing these things that just seem crazy. We, we forget. It's hard to read the Bible 
from our perspective because we know that the church is what it is now. Mm-hmm. But when you read Acts and you think, yeah, that's a group of a couple hundred people and then maybe a couple thousand people in an oppressive regime. Can you imagine today a group of a couple hundred or a couple thousand people standing up and doing some of the things they did and, and proclaiming, you know, in an authoritarian government that, that Jesus is king and, and selling everything they had and sharing it. Like these things are, are wild and risky. Um, and it's because they trusted God. Yeah. So I think great as I faithfulness for me was just this great kind of foundation upon which to, which to learn how to be creative and learn how to risk. Um, God is faithful. So we don't have to be comfortable. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, it's hard to live, but I think it's, it's really true. I think, I think often our comfort is actually like in our desire for comfort is us saying that we don't trust God. Yeah. Um, we, we kind of think that, you know, oh yeah, God has said he'll provide. God has said he's good, but I can figure this out myself pretty well. So if I don't need to rely on God, why would I, um, whereas creativity and, and the gospel calls us to this, like, no, we, we're going to trust that God is going to provide even when we can't. And that's when these like amazing things happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and, and I think, you know, I think one of the things that I would, I would say is we think about this idea of creativity, uh, as a value of ours, cause mm-hmm. we're not just, we're not simply defining it as a, as a characteristic that is good or a characteristic sure. that it should be sought after. It's about a value for us. And I think that, you know, one of the things, if we were to kind of shift this conversation, so yes, we, we are all creative. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it moves us past failure. Yes. It takes us away from comfort. But I think that what we want to be focused on is creativity with a point. Yes. And, and yes. that point is that as a church, we have a goal, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, essentially in the Bible, all of our mission as a church is to make more and better disciples. Um, I mean, that's kind of what we're called to. And, and yeah, and so, and so this is, this is really crucial for that. And I think, and if we, if we connect these to the other values that we've talked about Mm. and even including generosity and including multiplication and some of these other ones that we've already talked about is that underlying it all. And this, this goes back to why, you know, using this great as thy faithfulness under underlying all of these is a God who is worthy of our worship. Yeah. And and I think that for us to really have these values play out in our lives, it's not just about trying to be more generous or trying to be more creative. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be more generous and creative in a response to God, to yeah. focus on multiplication because mm-hmm. it matters, to be, you know, to be in those kind of places because of the, um, you know, because because there is a point and there's a, and, and so I, I use the example of the Apostle Paul who talked about the fact that when it came to, you know, coming to, to bring others into a saving knowledge of Jesus, there was nothing that he would stop at. Yeah. And, and I think for us, you know, as a church, we want to move into some things and use creativity to point people to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so that's the, you know, kind of the crux of it is that, is that, you know, underneath it all, this God is absolutely worthy and we need to care so much about what we see that we have to respond. And that's where the creativity starts to come in. Yeah. And I, I want to point out something that again, we hear creativity and we think I need to be the one painting the mural in the lobby. Right. Um, and I, I had an Instagram post about this, put up an Instagram post about this last, last week. Um, so Sam Gill, who's one of our young adults and, and an art student shared, and he painted that mural and there, we did a video on it a couple months back. And it's this beautiful, compelling mural around worship and this idea of, of how we, how we engage with God. Um, 
And I played a unique role in that that I actually think more people can can dive into. What mm-hmm. I did was commission that piece in right. the sense that I found Sam and I heard, I got to know Sam enough to know he's an artist, he's passionate about stuff. I said, Sam, have you ever done a mural? Would you ever consider doing a mural? I would love it if you would do this for me. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of planted a seed in him. Um, and and for some of us, I think actually like that's that's an act of creativity mm-hmm. is seeing people and being able to to encourage them to mm-hmm. use their gifts, to encourage them to um, to serve our church in that way. And like that, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily even mean you taking these massive risks, but you know, when you call out something in someone else, when you see something and a potential and you, there is risk in that conversation for sure. And it yeah. kind of moves beyond comfort, but I think it can be really, um, really, really good. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think that, so, so a question that I would have is what does this look like in our, um, in our sort of experience here as a church? I mean, what, what should we, as what should we expect to see as a result of a, a focus on creativity, um, in our church? What, what do you think it would look like? That's a great, great question. What, what would we expect to see? Um, and maybe specifically at this point, I know we, we, we've talked about it as in a broader context, mm-hmm. but what about in the arts uh, that we already employ like on a, on a Sunday? So for instance, yeah. I know that you've been writing music and yep. you've been engaging our, our folks in writing. Um, like what are some of those kinds of things? Yeah. So, I mean, I think um, a lot of, a lot of what we do to start with is curate things, right? So we, we curate from a selection of often top sung songs and, in North America, um, and and we are writing more of our own stuff because I think there is something uh, really good to be able to sing words that were born in our time and our place from our people, um, from this shared experience. There's something good there, even if it never goes beyond our church, right? I'm not trying to we're not trying to write stuff so that we become the next Hillsong. Um, yeah, if we can serve other churches, great. But the truth is, we're trying to serve our congregation and give us unique voices and unique ways to express what God is doing, which, which allows all of us to feel an ownership of that, right? There's something cool about, um, something artistic that's born in a place. Um, and and so I, I think, yeah, we will continue to do that. We'll continue to use uh, music. So I'm, I have been writing with, with more of our volunteers and our gifted musicians. We have so many, um, so we've got, I've got a song releasing on Friday, which I sang on and a lot of other people, it's an old song of mine. Um, kind of use that to learn the studio and we've got in January a song that, that Claire and I wrote uh, and then Claire worked on with Matt Reynolds uh, which is just going to be so much fun uh, we've got a couple others coming down I mean that's that's one of the things in music kind of yeah unique arrangements unique um, using different people's gifts I mean I sat down last week with someone who uh, is has a love for Christian metal um, and that's you know do I foresee us using a lot of Christian metal in our Sunday morning services Maybe not, but wouldn't it be cool to like, there are people in our congregation who are into that kind of thing Yeah, to be able to, to bless them and to bless others. And, and you know what, there's a whole bunch of people who are into metal who don't know Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So like, what a, what a cool way to do that. And then I, you know, with, with visual arts, with graphic design, with photography, with video stuff, um, the stories we can tell one another, the ways that arts, uh, Eugene Peterson talks about specifically with the parables, but also with art in general, how, how art tells it slant. Um, it mm. kind of, if, if we were all, if we all had an armor, um, what, what the parables do is they get in under the armor and, right. and the way that stories kind of get at us. Uh, and I think art has this way 
of of sticking with us. I just finished uh, a great novel by Wendell Berry called Jaber Crow, uh, and the novel is about it's about a barber from the 1930s to the 1980s uh, in a small town called Port Williams. Um, which okay, what's that about? Well, I you know I this book is doing a slow and steady work on me uh, and teaching me about place and challenging my my assumptions about community and and all mm. kinds of things and and stories and art do that absolutely they um you know that, that and this is why we, we've talked about this the bible is not an encyclopedia the bible is not a a group of facts hidden in stories that we need to get the facts from that the truth is actually the story and the way the story does its work on us yeah and i would say that even for those of us who don't sort of lean that way from a you know at least if we were to self-diagnose or mm-hmm. self-identify but I think, you know, I've, I've heard theologians talk about, you know, from my, in, you know, my upbringing, sort of my experiences in theology. And, and as I was going through that in school, one of the things I remember one of the professors said that if you want to understand the theology or the, you know, kind of the, you know, how people see the world and see God, uh, read novels. Mm. And so I think that we need to, you know, there's a part of us that in order to understand our culture, we need to read the writing of our culture, yeah. uh, watch the movies of our culture yeah. with an eye to understand what's happening because you're absolutely right. They're telling something that's so vivid and clear. And I think as Christians, sometimes we stay away from this kind of creativity and whatever, because we just feel like, oh, it, you know, this isn't right, or this is, you know, you know, of the world or whatever, but it helps us understand the world so that we can be better at sharing the good news in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so I think we need to do a better job of actually, you know, reading and consuming assuming the culture, the, the artistic culture of our, or, or the art, the art in our culture today so that we can understand yeah. our culture better. Yeah. And we need to do that with a critical eye. We yeah. need to, to yeah. not, not buy in hook, line and sinker to a lot of the stories. A lot of the stories that are told, a lot of, you know, Netflix, a lot of novels um, would promote a version of the world that is n- not, not what Jesus would promote. Yeah. Um, but we can use that to learn, right? What is it? What is it you've learned from the Avengers movies? Right. Um, I think that's a really good question that, you know, there's this Gnostic theme and this hidden knowledge and this uh, kind of distrust of authority, which yeah. I think we're seeing played out in politics right now, frankly. Yeah, totally. Um, but there's there's so much there in the in the arts, uh, in the traditional way that we can learn and, and it can yeah challenge us to be creative and to dive in. We are out of time. Yeah. Which I guess what I could talk about this for days, Paul. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um well, I just got to, you know, to one of the things I just want to say to close is uh, I, I use the example of William Carey. Mm. And um, one of the things that he said that I think I, I hold on to is he said, expect great things from God, yeah. attempt great things for God. Oh, it's so good. And I think that really hits the nail on the head when it comes to our creativity and the things that we attempt yeah. for uh, a great and an absolutely incredible creative God. Yeah, I am so looking forward to seeing how our church can, uh, we, we can learn this together. We can learn to take risks and to and to choose creativity over comfort and to fail together and to uh, laugh and, and then also see God working in amazing ways because he is so faithful. Cool. This has been so much fun. And next week, uh, are we going to sit in different chairs? Is that how it's going to work? Because oh, yeah. we're, we got our last, <laughs> last sermon in this series. Um, so join us again next week for more Postscript.